What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 80 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my faithful co-host, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? Not much, man. Uh, you know, I don't celebrate Christmas, but I'm starting to feel that holiday spirit um, coming in. Game prices are low. New devices are coming. <laughs> um, I've, yeah. been, I've been looking at a Series S. I, do, I don't need it, but like... Where where do you currently have the X hooked up? Right here on, on this mm. setup. It's underneath here. But the yeah. thing is, like, a lot of the Xbox stuff is cross-play. So I'm going to jump on the PC uh, with Game Pass, and that usually works just fine. But it's just yeah. like, hey, I don't feel like moving to Series X, and especially after my HDMI messed up that uh, last time over the right, summer. Right, right. Uh, I'm just a little bit iffy so i'm just like what if i got a series s for the living room and maybe then i could use that and bring that over to my parents when my uh nephew and nieces come uh in Mm -hmm. a in a couple days and i'm just like Mm -hmm. i could just travel with it you know like you Mm -hmm. know maybe i'm going to my in-laws and it's just a quiet day just had that series s pop it in uh no one's gonna know no one's gonna know but like (laughs) but then it's just like it's just like my wife how much will my wife kill me and then I, I, i juggle with that no, I mean, I love the Series S. Now, mostly, it, it's actually my son's Series S, but he, like, never uses it because he's always playing on the PC. So I have that. Whenever I'm streaming on the channel and actually streaming a game, that's what I'm using is I'm using the the Series S um, because it's just so much more convenient to have it here on my desk rather than the Series X, which, while not massive, is still much, much bigger. Also, having like the storage expansion card, I don't know if you have one yet. I, I don't have know if one. We talked about it. Okay. Yeah, I got so the having storage one that launch. Yeah. Having a storage expansion card and being able to just slot that in and pull it out between the two consoles makes it so easy to have both. Um, and like you said, being able to take this, like if I say go to my in laws, they have a bay house, right? And we go for vacation during summer, I can bring the Series S with me on the drive, like take it there and actually have something to play while we're there. Do you and remember so, that era, I think last generation, where they had those, like, I think they used them mostly for, like, military over, uh, they're, like, cases that had, like, a nice screen in them. You put your console, like, the Xbox One and the PS4. Yeah, and, and they were branded, like, games, G-A-E-M-S yes. cases. There's still, there's still some companies out there making these, like, briefcases that you can you can bring with your consoles with you and because of stuff like the series s they're getting small slimmer and slimmer yeah i i think back to the gamecube one uh where on mm-hmm. the gamecube uh you just slotted it on top and you flipped mm-hmm. up the screen that had speakers i remember yeah. my cousin had that and it was like the coolest thing ever yeah. uh, and i'm just like that that'd be perfect for the series s if i could find something like that uh, yeah. or somehow hook up an iPad to it and then make that work. But I don't know if that ex- technology exists yet. Yeah, um, so I know that, like I said, I know that company games, uh, they had essentially, besides having the cases themselves, they had what was essentially a tablet that you could hook up and it, it was USB powered. So it was powered by the console as well. So the console was the only thing you had to have plugged in. Um, but I, the problem is, is that like I being who I am, you know, I, I would want a 4K resolution or like, you know, or 1440p resolution yeah. screen to, to play on. And so I think that's the downside of, of those things. But no, I, I mean, listen, 
I, I'm a bad influence. I would tell you in a heartbeat to get a Series S, especially with the the fact that it's you can actually get them. You know, yeah. there are bundles which, which, which is all the time in store. Uh, which is surprising because I went to Google, I wrote Series S, and it shows yeah. you like everything nearby that has one. And I was like, I could just walk over or order one and have it delivered by tomorrow. Um, it, it, it makes me wonder if one, Microsoft prioritized production of the Series S because even prior to launch, Phil Spencer had said in a number of interviews that he expected the Series S to be their big seller just because of the price point. And so I wonder if they prioritize production of those or if it's also the fact that because there are less components in it, that it's easier to actually source everything that's needed for them. So they're able to produce more. Uh, because there was that report around Black Friday that the Series S was the big seller. Yeah. As far as consoles were concerned. So I... And, and, yeah. and then actually, not just in consoles. I think overall, it was one of the <laughs> biggest selling items uh, for that day. Um, yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's so funny. I remember right around launch and pre-orders, a friend of mine asking how hard is it going to, how long is it going to be before he can readily get a PS5? You know, because at that time I was helping other people secure them and, and, and grab them. And so I told him, I was like, you know what, honestly, and this was like in December, I was like, honestly, I think you're going to be waiting until March, April at the earliest. <laughs> and here we are about to be 2022 and they're still impossible to get your hands on. Yeah. It, it's it's funny though because of all the of both consoles i wasn't expecting my i i know i'm a little bit biased here because i tend to buy a lot of my multi-platform stuff on uh, the xbox and there's game pass there as well uh yeah. i expected there to be more playstation heavy hitters this year i know a covid delayed uh a, a lot of it and next year it's gonna be absolutely insane for sony uh just with everything that's lined up uh but i turned that thing on the other day um just to turn it on because uh, i had the controller yeah. sitting there i was like oh right. well, what was i playing and i remembered i still have to finish death loop but i've got a little bit left of that um and i was like oh god this ui they, they really haven't done much to this ui since launch <laughs> um uh not, i'm still not a big fan of it but um, yeah. yeah the console is great I, i'm just i i think if you can get your hands on the ps5 in january if, if you're like a horizon fan or you're looking forward to it i think next year you i don't think you missed out to, on too much this year um what well, if you so did, if you it, like you did you could get those games for super cheap uh yeah but like it's fun it's funny that you say that because i think yeah. that actually the problem is is that Sony and the PlayStation, as far as big exclusives are concerned, was very front heavy because there were excellent exclusives for Sony this year. I mean, yeah. you mentioned Deathloop uh, as far as console exclusives are concerned. Yeah. You mentioned Deathloop. There was Returnal. There was Ratchet and Clank. The problem is the latest one to release was what? Deathloop, you know, yeah. out of those. And so whereas Microsoft had a what felt like and seems like i'm sure we'll review this when we, we actually go over and give it the year stuff a more steady cadence throughout the year mm -hmm. and then and of they, course and, they had their big yeah. exclusives in the fall with with no one else around to even you know really compete with them yeah and i think uh i think one of the things for microsoft too was and i don't think it, was, it, it depends on the type of gamer you are their backwards compatibility stuff was really impressive 
uh, mm-hmm. with like the improved performance, load speeds, things like that, uh, and plus all the work they've done with backwards compatibility. Uh, wow, I, I don't know how we ended up like talking yeah. about consoles, but um, yeah. there we are. No, it's yeah. if you're able to get your hands on one this holiday season, great. If not, um, I think if if pricing of games has shown anything, like even Sony has come out with seventy dollars first party title games, the price of these games just drop within a week. Um, like look at Guardians of the Galaxy. That game is likely in our very high in our uh, game of the year list. Uh, when we had that discussion. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that game was like $26 uh, after a few weeks. What was it, like three weeks later? Like, or not even? It was 26 yeah. bucks, And it, I just find that to be insane. Um, so, like, sometimes waiting it, it isn't too bad. Yeah, you might get FOMO, but you get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen, we've been rambling on enough. Yeah, this is weird. this is one of the more rambly intros we've ever had to a podcast. Let's go ahead and get right into what we've been playing. I know that the two of us have been focusing and working on making progress in the Halo Infinite campaign. Uh, I believe we talked a little bit during the pre-show. You're farther than I am. You're pretty confident that you're going to finish that game tonight. Well, uh, I, so am, I, I am I, not I that far in. Well... No, no, no. I, you're definitely much farther than me. I am... If I had to guess, I am somewhere around halfway through that game right now. And part of the problem is that a lot has been made about the fact that it is a like pseudo-open world. You know, it's not exactly open, open, because there, por- there are points in that game where they gate you off so you can't kind of go all the way back and you can't go too far forward. But I... I mean, I get a point it reveals other points and i'm like going to those other points and i never play games like this i I, i've talked about on the podcast a lot i am not a completionist i do not 100 percent games for the most part i it's one of the things that drives me kind of nuts about the ubisoft approach is that i do believe that there's such thing as too much but for whatever reason with this game even when i'm like all right i'm just going to focus on these next couple story missions I'll do one and then I'm like, "Ah, but I can, it's right here. Let me just, it's right here. Let me just go it and take care of it. And so it is, I'm just taking my time. Um, I think there's also, (laughs) sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's funny that you say that because one of the problems with me over the last couple of years is I've taken this completionist aspect to games I'm enjoying. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's a reason I haven't gotten very far in Assassin's Creed Valhalla because Mm -hmm. all the previous Assassin's Creed games, I hundred percent it, and I was like, I mm-hmm. don't have eighty hours for this anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, and, yeah. and it's just there's some, there's something in me that like if I'm especially enjoying the gameplay, which I am in Halo Infinite, I did the same exact thing. Like I went to those fobs, I unlocked them, and then all those icons appeared. Yeah. And I was like, well, somebody's gotta save those Marines, <laughs> so, and yeah. so you end up running off to go do that. I also love that I'll be driving in like a mongoose or something like that, and then. As I'm passing by something, I'll hear just a, just a little beep, just a, a soft beep in the distance. And I'm like, all right, let's hit reverse. Let's go figure <laughs> out what that beep is. No, I, and you know, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Halo Infinite campaign because I want to try to avoid any spoilers for people who haven't played it yet. Uh, what I do want to say is that, and I think I, I, I stated it last week when I was just at the beginning, but it's even more so now. This is exactly what I wanted out of, out of Halo and out of this game the 
I'm enjoying this story and a lot of the lore that you get through the audio logs and stuff like that. Uh, I know that's not necessarily everybody's cup of tea, but I think what everybody has been saying about the actual moment to moment gameplay and just the way that the Halo physics and mechanics work in this open world that they've created. I mean, it is so good. Like it is so much fun. The grappling hook is just the most incredible addition to this franchise. I didn't think, you know, they showed it off in the, in the trailers, even in the reveal a year ago before they delayed it when it was supposed to be a launch title still they had shut off the grappling hook and i was like ah that that seems like that's a cool little gimmick or whatever slow in the original reveal i i didn't realize that i would be grappling all over the place as if i'm freaking spider-man like did you upgrade it i i that's the first thing i did Uh. is upgrade it all the way and i am i mean i am pitting shots on somebody and then even if i'm if I'm if it feels like I'm close to breaking shield, I'm grappling them in the face and and holding down that attack to do like a, a super. Uh, it's like a shock wave. Melee. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's times where like I'll see a, a brute general or like the, the one that's fully mm-hmm. armored up, and I'll I'll grapple to him. He has like little grunts and these jackals around mm-hmm. him. And uh, you hold down the melee button, you go in, and you kind of just do like a falcon punch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And you'll like take down their shields, and sometimes all it is is just like a quick shotgun blast or another melee beatdown, and they're dead. And like everyone else is just standing around getting shocked as well. Um, and, and it feels great. Um, yeah, and I'm with you. I have been doing all the collectibles. Uh, I got all the propaganda towers, which are fantastic. <laughs> There's a yes. grunt on a radio yes. somewhere uh, in, in a station just like yelling out propaganda and you'll randomly hear it and it's hilarious. Uh, the game's got a good sense of humor, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to the grunts. Sometimes it pays. Yeah. Sometimes it's better not to like immediately just start shooting and just like sit and yeah. listen because you will experience some really funny writing. Yeah, um, It's funny because I think the writing and the story in general walks this fine line between it being kind of a, a serious story and, and essentially the story is what it a lot of it is what it means to be Master Chief and what it means to be like in Master Chief's vicinity, you know, because you have these yeah. two characters that are with you at all times. And they treat that with seriousness, but levity as well, right? It's kind of like when Marvel does serious stuff well, but then cuts it with a joke here and there. That's what this game seems to be trying to do. And I think they, for the most part, they do a, a really good job of that. The writing, as far as the grunts are concerned, is absolutely hilarious. There's so many yeah. times where I'll be in the middle of a fight and even outside the propaganda towers, but I'll be in the middle of a fight and you just hear them, you know, calling out and mocking you if you like run away to heal up real quick and stuff like that. Like it, there's just, there's so much dialogue in this game that it's kind of insane. I, I, I don't know if you you do this. Um, I do this for the podcast uh, when mm-hmm. we're playing a similar game. I have a tendency to go to the Xbox app and check your achievements. And I was like, he has these <laughs> secret achievements that I, I, I don't I don't know what they are. And I'm guessing they're campaign missions <laughs> as I start <laughs> playing through. And I was like, okay, now I, okay, I think I'm on par with him. Um, uh-huh. Did you... So, like... One of the last, the last mission I did required me to go to like four different points on the map to like retrieve this code. And I'm just being like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where yeah. I'm at. That's where I'm at. Yeah. So I think there's yeah. like five more missions after that. Uh, oh, okay. That so, yeah. so maybe I'm farther than I thought I was. You yeah. know, it's funny because 
I, I part of the, like I said, part of the reason is I am enjoying doing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is I kind of don't want this to end. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I thought, you know, normally I, I play the Halo campaigns and I blitz right through them and I love it, but that's how I play. I blitz right through them. And then I, maybe I'll play them again on, on, on co-op if I didn't play it the first time through co-op. And now I don't want this to end. And when it ends, I know that's when it's going to hit me. Like I wish there was co-op because being able to replay it in co-op with all of us having grapple hooks and just like fly and just seeing what you can do in that sandbox. It seems is super, super exciting to me. Um, I, I can't, was, I can't wait. Honestly. There was a clip my friend Pete sent and he's like, it, I think it's like, uh, how how to really play the campaign for uh, Halo Infinite, and it, it it's kind of like a Breath of the Wild clip, like what people do with the physics. Someone yeah. got a warthog, put it right next to a ramp, hit it with the uh, gravity a, hammer, a, a gravity yeah. hammer, and then yeah. grapple hooked and just flew across I've the seen map. That. Uh, yeah, and, and it, it's 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 like a lot. Of, I, I think like people always enjoyed what you could do. Uh, there's always those people in like in Halo Two or, or even the original Halo that did the trick shots or like yeah, how far could we actually jump? Can we actually get on top of that tower in some crazy explosive way? And they spent years doing it, but they eventually pull it off. Uh, it's kind of neat to have like this open sandbox. Um, I will I say also, the game's open world isn't as big as I originally thought going into it it would be, mm -hmm. but it is a good, decent size. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying my time with it. Um, I feel like we get bits of the story throughout the campaign up to this point. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's... It, it's heavier in, in like the, the last couple of missions. So, uh, cause right now it just kind of feels like I'm getting bits and pieces uh, with the banished, uh, and master chief that are filling in like what happened, uh, mm -hmm. that leading up to the events of this game. And I, I'm kind of curious of like where the lore is headed and like this relationship between uh, weapon and, uh, master chief. Yeah. All right, the one last thing I want to say about Halo Infinite is I don't think that it is getting enough credit for the diversity of enemy types because it really is a situation, and I think more so in this Halo than in past Halos, where you do learn how to deal with each one, and there is different strategies with dealing with the different enemy types. And for the first time in, I think, any Halo, the Normally, it's always been the jackals drive me nuts, the elites drive me nuts, right? If I get swarmed by grunts, even they are giving me trouble sometimes with just the sheer numbers of them and the fact that they can overwhelm you. The hunters in this Halo for you know seem much smarter and much more difficult than past hunters would be. I can't strategy. get behind them. Yes, exactly. That was the strategy in the past was just getting behind them. I will say that I've... My very first engagement with them when I discovered that, I was struggling a little bit and then realized that they had like weapon caches around that mm -hmm. area. And one of the weapons in particular works incredibly well against hunters. And I wouldn't have thought about it until I saw it and I was like, oh, this actually makes sense. Uh, I don't want to give spoilers. Part of the fun is figuring that stuff out on your own. I, I, but, I, did, fi I did figure it out, but I'm not sure if it's the same weapon. Uh, all right, well... Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I I am, I think that running up into a group, seeing these distinct enemy types, and it's really just the readability of the mm -hmm. uh, of the game itself is so fantastic that I'm like, all right, 
I'm already working through like, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And hey, are there any like coils that around that I could pick up and throw because I that love I love is doing that. Amazing. Yeah. It's yes. such a great addition to the, to the game. It's the formula. Um, All right. Question for you. Uh, yesterday, yes, they yesterday in, uh, released the Slayer SWAT free for Oh my God. Playlist. It's, uh, did I'm, you jump I'm in? so happy. Of course I did. I'm so happy. Just being able to play Slayer match after Slayer match after Slayer match is so fantastic. It's exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I was having a good time with, with Quick Play. I now enjoy Oddball than I ever have, more than I ever have in the past. But there are times where you just want to sit there and play a certain game type. Also, not for nothing, with the way the challenges work, being able to actually queue up into a hopper that's just for that challenge and not having to roll the dice and hoping that you're getting this specific game type each match makes the progression even that much better. You know, that yeah. evolution of their Battle Pass progression it, you can they are making strides with every update they they do to that and i think it's in a really good place now yeah i've got to say props to that team over there because uh, i know they put out a message saying they won't get it done before the holidays and then they got it done uh about 11 days before the holidays so uh yeah. kudos to them i think they realized how big of a priority it was um mm-hmm. and you know uh, i can't wait to jump into it i think i just want to wrap up the campaign yeah. either tonight or tomorrow before family arrives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because then I know it's going to be a bit dof- difficult um, getting gaming in. All right. Next game I've been playing, I'm going to talk about really quickly. I've been back hopping into Fortnite here and there, playing with you know my nieces and nephews. And I've been playing with my siblings a lot. My siblings aren't the... They play video games, but they're not... They're nowhere near the enthusiasts that we are right they're not pitting it's not their main hobby and they're not pitting the hours that we're pitting into so they only play a couple games here and there but what i did finally try out was i finally tried out that imposters that among us clone that they have in fortnite and it it is a straight knockoff and ripoff but i'll be damned if it's not fun man like it is really well done it really does just feel like you're playing a third person 3D among us, except instead of these, you know, gumdrop people, you're the Mandalorian, you're Harley Quinn, you're the Flash, like you are these skins and and this universe that they've already started building out. And I, you know, like I said, I've been playing with uh, my siblings and stuff like that, and it's just been honestly a, a really good time. I'm excited to play Among Us on console now that it's released on Game Pass. But uh, this is also a really good alternative. And I feel kind of dirty saying it just because it is such a knockoff. But uh, it's a lot of fun. And I think you should uh, give that a try with us sometime. Oh, yeah. No. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Let me know. Uh, I'm always down for some knockoff among us Uh, (laughs) uh, how's it control because like uh, by the sounds of it it sounds like your siblings are okay but like oh yeah uh, it's i mean as far as the imposters concerned it's really simple to assassinate people and to or i should say eliminate people mm-hmm. and to sabotage as far as like doing the tasks they're very simple tasks okay. they're usually just like you know interact with the task look and hit right trigger to interact with it you know that's the majority some of them are just mashing buttons and some of them are a little bit more complex but nothing like crazy like i said 
these people aren't huge gamers for the most part. Uh, they do have some familiarity with the controller, uh, but they are absolutely able to to handle it. The other thing I want to talk about quickly uh, before you get to the last couple games you've been playing is I got I downloaded and tried that Matrix Awakens and Unreal Engine 5 experience. Did you download that? I, I thought I had it queued up. It didn't download, so I just never got around to it. But I did watch some clips of it. It looks absolutely insane. <laughs> yes. So a couple of things. One, just to get it out of the way, there are still times where it... Hmm. How do I put this? There are still things that video games are struggling with rendering, right? Hair is still an issue. I think hair is always going to be an issue because the, yeah. the amount of individual strands in a person's hair, just the, what it would take to actually, the amount of power it would take to actually get hair to look good. So hair is still an mm -hmm. issue. Uh, this is very much a tech demo. There's an opening sequence where you don't have much control of the action, but then it has little spots where you do, you know, you're shooting out of a car. It's stuff they showed in, in, at the Game Awards. You're shooting out of a car. Um, it, let me see. After you go through that scripted sequence, it pits you in an open world. And I'm telling you right now, if somebody walked in and saw me just standing there, not touching the controller, they would think I had a movie paused. Like that is how good the open world looks. That's how good the cars look and they're rendered. And people at a distance, that's how good they look. Now, when you come up on people close up, you can still, I mean, yes, they look better than they've ever looked. They look way better than any open world game out there right now, but they still don't look, they're not hitting the uncanny valley. Right. Yeah. As far as NPCs are concerned, um, it really does look like you're in Chicago or Vancouver or one of the other or Toronto, one of those other locations where, you know, the MCU and all these action movies like film everything. Right. I, I just uh, yeah, up you, some footage. Uh, yeah. I mean, it. It has me very, very excited for where games are, are, are going. And I think that it's, I mean, they're showing this off in an open world and they're also showing how everything is kind of rendered dynamically, you know, and mm -hmm. on the fly. And so I do think that this is also going to make game development easier for a lot of studios who are trying to do things like an open world, you know? Yeah. Granted, we're gonna, we're gonna have a lot of games where the open worlds are going to look very similar, right? Because they're going to be using similar assets and stuff like that. But I mean, I was absolutely blown away specifically by the environment stuff and, and, um, and just how good it all looks. And, when you pay, when they put you in the open world, they also give you the ability to kind of like fly above it all and you know see it all. And it all like you go out in the distance and it you can see it clearly and it all renders so fast. I mean, listen, this There's was a, a very fine tuned. Yeah, this was yeah. a very fine tuned experience, but I I was blown away and I was more blown away about what we could potentially see in, in the future. And yeah, you actually have a clip up right now where somebody's driving on the highway. And this was a thing where 
I mean, it really does look like a car chase out of a TV show or a movie, you know, when you're not running into the back of cars. That is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it's got me excited. I can't wait to see what studios do with it and, and where we go. And it just shows that as good as some of the games have looked this past year, like we're just at the beginning of this generation. Uh, all right, that wraps up what I've been playing. What about you, Bilal? So, uh, surprise drop, I think, uh, earlier this week was Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, which was something that I think um, Nintendo showed off in one of their directs. Not sure if it was an indie world or not. But, um, it, yeah, it takes place in the Shovel Knight universe. It's got those little 8-bit graphics, but it's a little puzzle game. Uh, it's not exactly a match three, but it kind of plays in that vein. Mm -hmm. You play a Shovel Knight uh, and who gets trapped in this puzzle box and you need to find your way out. And so you either can play this game like a roguelike or a puzzle game, meaning that uh, if you play it like a roguelike, you, your character Shovel Knight has health, and if he uh, loses uh, his health, you start back from the beginning. Uh, if you play it like a puzzle game, if the screen fills up all the way, then um, you lose and you have to start back from the beginning. And so um, the gameplay loop essentially is you go out into the world uh, and you need to unlock keys and uh, clear uh, clear out the enemies on the map to progress uh, progress the board. And as you're doing so, and enemies can attack you. Um, there's items that can appear. Uh, there's chests and keys that you can get uh, on these levels. Uh, and, uh, you know, you get to get the chests, the keys, and uh, unlock it that way. If the same enemy type or block type are touching each other, you can then, um, if you take out one, you'll take out a chain, so like you damage everything. So there's like little beetles in like the first level. So if you attack one beetle by itself, you're only attacking that. But if you structure it and create a nice puzzle flow um, for uh, attacking, you could like take out like 20 of them all at once, which is really, really neat. Um, I didn't expect to fall in love with this game as much as I did, and it's kind of like my surprise hit for the year. Uh, I've only gotten to the third level, but it has some uh, really interesting things. So, like, if you die, um, you accumulate these gems, and when you die, you start at this caravan. There's a shop there which you can use to unlock new items, which are which you can find over the course of your playthrough. Uh, some of the chests in your playthrough might contain a secret shop which you can use to buy items. Um, those chests that contain items have like. Uh, there was one that had a sword um, that would, you know, increase my damage, or a flaming axe which would allow me to hit enemies for double the damage and then set them on fire, dealing damage over time, uh, which then can then chain off and then kill everybody else. Uh, there's like a lot of neat strategy to it, uh, and I it has quickly become my quick pick up and play game. Like, like I, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. I've been having difficulty finding time gaming throughout the day, but this is something where it's just like, mm -hmm. hey. Did you my, mention my, what you're playing it on? I'm you're playing, playing it on, on the, the Switch. Switch. On the Switch, okay. and it looks great. Uh, it runs great, performs great. So, there will be like a so, lot of interactivity on the screen. Uh, and, so know, is, it, Shovel Knight, is Shovel Knight the only knight that you can play as in the beginning? Because my understanding is you can play as all of the knights. As of right now, I only have Shovel Knight. 
unlocked. Okay, I wonder uh, if it's like a, you have to clear it one time and then it starts. Or oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I put in mm -hmm. a couple hours into it. Hey, it was funny. I kept on dying on the first level because I try. I was trying to understand the mechanics of like what I, I could and couldn't do. And, and so like one of the neat things I found out. And, sure, like, not that you're bad at the game. No, I, I might be bad. I was thinking about streaming it <laughs> that night, and I was like, I should get kind of good at this before I stream, before Rob rips me a new one, or uh, just uh, sucking on a stream. Um, well, like one of the things that I realized is like you attack an enemy, and you do one damage to it, um, and anything that's that's touching it. But say you like attack an enemy early before it hits its group, so it's at say it has two health, you drop it down to one, and it reaches its group. If I hit that enemy for one more time, it dies, but then everything else in that chain takes two damage. And so what you can mm -hmm. start doing is you can strategically start being like, well, if I hit this here and I move these blocks around, uh, I can uh, I can get rid of these, these enemies uh, this way. Some enemies, what will happen is uh, they might hit you for two damage, uh, which and you start with five. You can get items to increase mm -hmm. your health for that run. Uh, there's potions that are around, that fall down as well that you can use to recover your health, but you also need to be very careful on how you approach uh, approach it because the difficulty does ramp up pretty fast. And yeah, and there's like enemies that will once you attack them, they will raise the shield, so you can't attack them from that same direction. So then you have to be like, okay, how do I get to something else in this chain that I can attack? Uh, it's it, it's a fantastic puzzle game. If if you like these type of games. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, How much it, is it? It's, it? I think it was twenty bucks uh, on the Switch. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I have to see if it will end up on my game of the year list. I'm enjoying it, but <laughs> I need to get further before I can uh, I'll convince yeah. you to pick it up for discussions. All right. Uh, sounds good. Yeah. And then uh, the last thing uh, I've been playing, I finally booted up Sea of Thieves again. Uh, my friends that I played through Back for Blood with. Uh, have game pass now and so we've been playing through a bunch of different games i know they've been mm -hmm. playing deep deep rock galactic but we're like let's another fire up great sea game yeah we we're like let's fire up sea of thieves and see what this is about and when sea of thieves first came out i i tried it out i think we played a little bit mm -hmm. it was like a lot of it is making your own fun yeah. uh for the most part and at launch it was bare bones you know we jumped in and i'm not really great at make your own fun games but like just because I was with friends and we were just, mm -hmm. we had maps, we were going out getting treasures and then we, ha I had a blast. I, there was, there's a lot there. I wish the game, I know they did uh, the tall tales, uh, which are like uh, curated, like story experiences, but like, yeah. I had to go Google exactly how to start, start one of those. Yeah. The game doesn't yeah. really guide you in that process. Uh, but absolutely gorgeous. Runs amazing on PC. Uh, or maxed out. Uh, I wish the one a lot, thing... lot more added, like cosmetics and stuff, are really neat. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I mean, I think that they have added a ton to that game. I've talked about this yeah. before, and it there is a lot more to do, and there's also there is a lot more guided content, right? You can basically mm -hmm. go in there once you know what the different objectives and what the different content that you can actually engage with is. You can go in there with the sole purpose of saying, "Hey, you know what? Today, let's go chase down this," you know skull and crossbones cloud in the sky and go fight this what boss. What does that mean? So if there's a skull and crossbone, if you follow it and sail towards it, you'll come across a ghost ship boss that you can fight okay. and take down. And that's a lot of fun. Those are okay. great. Now, but, what do the purple lights in the water mean? 
Like these swirly mm. lights. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's been a while. But I the one thing I do wish is I wish that you could similar to Minecraft that where you could have your own realm, where you could have your own server that your friends can come in and come out of or that like say a community like ours, the workprint, where we could just have a workprint one where people come in and and just ha like and have it be private because I there are times where I would like to play with more than just three of my friends and be able to have ships next to each other and maybe we're we're playing cooperatively and working towards similar goal and goal and we're splitting all the loot and I just think that would be a ton of fun of being able to get a couple ships to a few ships together go in there together take down these bosses together take the loot back to the island to then betray them and have start an all-out brawl on the beach for the loot like those are the kind of experiences i think would be much better on a private server that are hard to facilitate in the current public ones that they have set up yeah I, um i think while we were playing we only came across one other player ship and it was a two-man mm -hmm. skiff and the guy came onto our boat because we started following them. We're like, yeah. we were just we're just excited to see the other players, and so we wanted yeah. to fire our cannons and like have a fight with them. Uh -huh. uh, uh, maybe I was instigating it a bit from because at launch, <laughs> you know, we did that a lot. And yeah. the guy came onto our ship, dropped our anchor, and then started stabbing us. And we're like, wait, what's happening? Yeah, uh, here's a word of advice: if somebody's out there in a two-man skiff, they are demons. They are they are pirate legends you have to be careful <laughs> yeah um yeah we had fun with that there was a pirate ship we came across i don't think there were were there pirate ships at launch mm, no i, I, I don't not think right at launch no uh, skeleton ships yeah the skeleton no. ships no yeah. they added those later there was the outpost that had skeletons that would shoot cannons mm -hmm. at you but right yeah the skeleton ships they added later so we we came across one we followed it uh, we thought it was another player ship at first, and then mm -hmm. quickly as we got closer, we realized it uh, was uh, skeletons, and yeah. they landed every single one of their cannon shots, <laughs> <laughs> and we were just like whipping them. Uh, they sunk our ship. Uh, we, <laughs> I think, we lost our treasure, uh, but it, it was a it was a good time. Uh, and I think you know one of my buddies is in chat right now, and I think we're gonna go try sailing towards a skull in the sky. Yeah. No, it's fun. Make sure that on your way that whenever you see the birds flying above that you stop, you grab your barrel as you drop down to find the sunken ship down there and, and search through that to get the different because they added special cannonballs as well. And Ooh. all of those will come in very handy instead of just the base uh, cannonball. But I think we're going to need to get you in on one of our uh, <laughs> <laughs> excursions and uh, just guide us through because like we sure we I'll be a, a pirate yeah. consultant. Yeah, we, we skipped the tutorials. Uh, we uh, just jumped in. We're like, we'll figure this out as it goes along. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe maybe not the best idea, but uh, we still had <laughs> managed to have a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah. And like, I got to say, like, I remember at launch, you couldn't even customize your character, and now you can. Because uh, mm. I think at launch, they just gave you like an auto-generated one. There's a lot of cool cosmetics, and it seems like they give gold out at a pretty decent rate. Yeah, they do. Uh -oh. I mean, and yeah. I think at launch there there was some customization, but it definitely wasn't as deep as it is now, 100%. Yeah. I All right, well, that wraps up what we've been playing. Before we get into the news, it's kind of a light news week, so this is a good time for me to remind you all that if you are watching the live stream with us as we record this, that 
at, after we get through the news, we are going to have a little bit of time where if anybody has any questions they want to ask us or anything they want to talk about on the podcast, this is that's the time where we're actually interact with the chat. So start thinking about those questions now so that you could be a part of the podcast as well. Yeah. If there's anything in the news, in gaming news, or just in general, like yeah, what food would you get rid of? Wings, tacos, <laughs> hamburgers. Yeah, or, sure. It doesn't have uh, to be. What was the last one? <laughs> Uh, well, wings, tacos, pizza. Yeah, wings, tacos, yeah. hamburgers, pizza. All right, let's get into the first story. Final Fantasy VII Remake coming to PC with $70 console game pricing. Yo, so, what, the f- <laughs> what, what the fudge, Square Enix? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it makes it... I, I, I understand that historically PC pricing has been cheaper than than console pricing but i mean it, it kind of makes sense um so final fantasy 7 remake integrated will cost 69.99 on pc and they also stated that uh forespoken will be listed at 69.99 as well i mean mm, this isn't that okay so i will say that it's not that big of a surprise that they're going with the same pricing i think that they could have probably gotten away with pricing it at a lower price point considering that this game is already how old now i mean i know that there's the integrate update but even that by the time it comes to pc will be you know significantly significantly yeah yeah. past when it's actually released but listen it's it's PC I don't gaming, know, man. <laughs> it's PC yeah. gaming. Those prices are gonna come down fairly yeah, fast. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you go, if you're like subscribed to Green, uh, Green Man Gaming or something, like you're probably already getting emails for it, like twenty percent off <laughs> if you pre-order. <laughs> um, I mean, that, that's how it goes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting seeing this trend because I think Sony has Sony and maybe Two K have been the only ones that, and EA uh, for some of their sports titles have been pushing like the $70 next gen price tag but yeah it's also it's also I mean again it just shows that Microsoft and and we'll see how this all plays out but I feel like Microsoft far and away is the most consumer friendly uh, of the not just the consoles but of the publishers right now because they have stuck to their $60 price tag hard and fast even with game pass going on i mean you you could forgive them for raising it considering that sony releases their stuff at $70 raising it to $70 and making even more of an incentive for people to sign up for game pass right which is what at the end of the day they want i mean microsoft wants everybody to be signed up for game pass you know more so than they want you to buy their $60 um, product and so I it's so funny because I see this $69.99 price tag on Sony first party games and on these 2k games and stuff like that and the moment I see that I'm like all right I guess that's a game fly rental for me you know because I just and I know it's silly because games have become more and more expensive to to make but until the industry as a whole goes to that price point I'm rejecting it <laughs> i mean i'm like horizon zero dawn i'm like day one the se- here's the 70 dollars uh, well okay so <laughs> yeah. here 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 is the exception to the rule is that if a game has a good collector's edition 
because then it doesn't yeah. matter what the base price is. I'm getting gouged for a plastic PVC statue anyway. So what what did you do with your statues? Are they like off to the side? Because I remember your Assassin's Creed ones were really nice. Yeah. So uh, one of these days during the pre-show, remind me and I'll show you where they are in the office. I'll show the whole stream. Have they you are. They're like collecting those right over here. So I stopped about. Uh, I right around the time COVID started, but because a little shortly after that, we had decided that we were going to start looking at houses. So I didn't want to collect more stuff that I was then going to have to pack up and, and move. I am now back to collecting that stuff, but I haven't gotten, there have been less and less quality collector's editions released recently. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies seem to be going the way of Ubisoft where they're releasing these collector's editions that don't have the game in them, you know, on their own private site and stuff like that. And I don't know what it is, but it's hard for me to justify making that purchase. Um, I think actually what I'm going to start doing is just going after like the, you know, like Weta statues and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, these play art statues and because I already have some of those. Yeah, sideshow collectibles. I already have some of those. So, yeah, the collection is going to start back up. If I could stop buying controllers and headsets, man, I'd be <laughs> filled <laughs> with uh, collectible statues and, and stuff. Speaking but, of headset, I, I, I think after a few weeks, just a quick update, these Penrose X, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I told you this. I told you to grab them. They are fantastic. Oh. I my, my like I said, my one complaint is that I think the battery life on them is just a little bit short. But yeah, uh, as a as a gaming dad, it's perfect. <laughs> it lasts as long <laughs> as I need it to last. <laughs> All right, let's get into the next story. Original Splinter Cell is being remade by the Far Cry Six devs. It's in the early stages of development, and Ubisoft Toronto is currently hiring. There we go. Um. Oh. Okay. I'm glad to what is happening with Kotaku's website. There All right. We so, in a Ubisoft blog post, producer Matt West suggested that gamers have an even more refined palette now. As such, the studio is building the project from the ground up, including updating visuals and revitalizing design elements in an effort to better suit modern players. <sighs> okay. Uh, I'm going to continue. One of the things that, from my point of view, is really exciting about this project is that the last couple of games all of us have worked on have been really big worlds. What that means is that the economy of decisions is very spread out, whereas what I love about a Splinter Cell map is every square inch represents intentionality. Each square inch is part of a choice, or directly offers a choice, or has a direct ramification. That density of gameplay is at the forefront in Splinter Cell, and that's going to be really, really important for us. I'm just happy I, Splinter Cell is back. Okay, I have very mixed feelings about this because, yes, I am very happy that Splinter Cell is back, but this is not what I wanted, you know? If you were saying, if you were saying, hey, we have a new Splinter Cell project in the works, it's going to be the next story in the franchise. In the meantime, here comes Splinter Cell remake out in 2023, right? But no, you're basically telling us that, hey, we're doing a remake it's very early stages, so this is probably 2024 with nothing on the horizon as far as a next story in the Sam Fisher saga. You know, I, I mean, I guess beggars can't be choosers <laughs> at this point, and maybe this is a situation where this game comes out, revitalizes the franchise, and then 
gives them the ability and shows them that yes, there is an appetite for this. Let's let's go out and do this. But it's just not this is not what I what I wanted. You know, it's great. You know what it is? It's when you get a gift on your birthday or Christmas, and it's a good gift. It's just not what you wanted. And you can recognize that, hey, this was a nice thing that somebody did. But it's just not what you wanted, right? It's like, it's like that birthday where you asked for an, uh, for an iPod and your parents got you a Zune instead. Okay, like, first off, this is, this that's, is... because, that's because your parents are way smarter than you. And they made the right decision because the Zune was a superior device. I'm not going to have this discussion again, but the audio quality was way better. <sighs> that device, like the screen and like the interface was really nice. Anyway. But no, it is. It's very much one of those things where like, you know, I, I'm happy that we're getting more Splinter Cell. It's just not what I was hoping for, you know, and that kind of bums me out. But anyway, I guess, like I said, something's better than nothing. I, can't, right. belie- I can't believe it's been 2013 was when Blacklist came out. Uh, and so I can't believe it's actually been that long uh, since we got a new Splinter Cell. So um, that's, that kind of sucks. I've been... I hope they have a co-op mode because that's right. Yeah, I, I mean, one. yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's not incredibly surprising because that is right around the time where Ubisoft is kind of starting to hit its stride and finding out that, hey, these open world games that we make sell way more than this, you know, stealth action game that we released that. And so it was very much at a time where Ubisoft and all video game companies were just bottom line driven. You know, I think Ubisoft had started to get much better about putting love and care into their projects uh, right around the last generation, you know, the Xbox One and, and PlayStation 4 generation. But yeah, it's, it's like I said, something's better than nothing. Anyway, next story. This one is, you know, a bit more for me than necessarily for you, but Ringu is Dead by Daylight's latest horror collaboration. Um, I, I think the one thing that to point out in this is that they are going with the uh, original storyline behind it, and they are staying true to the source material. Um, so the Japanese version of The Ring. Yes, correct. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's... It's cool. It makes a ton of sense. I'm excited to see actual gameplay because I think what makes what 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 gets me excited about these collaborations is seeing how they interpret that in a gameplay sense. You know, is how when it comes to the character animation, the way the character moves and stuff like that, is it going to feel like what we expect out of out of this franchise? You know, out of Ringu. Um, what what if there were a bunch of wells around the map and you could just like use them like vents in Among Us and just pop up and scare the crap out of people? I mean, they already have a bunch of characters who have mechanics like that, these teleport ah. mechanics and pinning down. So, I mean, that's not that's not out of the question, you know, that that could be the main gameplay mechanic and the main gimmick behind her. But, I, I mean, I... I get way more excited when Dead by Daylight does these well-known horror collaborations rather than their original stuff, which I, I know is kind of a shame because we should be supporting original ideas. But it's just something about 
this game and about the horror genre in this type of game that gets me just way more excited when it is something that we're familiar with. So I'm excited for it. I actually haven't played Dead by Daylight in a while. Yeah, this is also a really early announcement for this. I'm trying to think back to their previous announcements. I feel like this is the one that's the farthest out. And I wonder if it's because that last update didn't quite have the same enthusiasm as some of the past ones. What was Um, the last one? I think it was just an original Survivor. I don't even think there was a killer associated with it. Like I said, I haven't played much Dead by Daylight since that Resident Evil release. And so this might be what brings me back to it. All right. Now into what is seriously becoming our weekly segment. <laughs> bi-weekly. Coming soon to Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, bi-weekly. Coming soon to Xbox Game Pass. Among Us, December 15th. Earlier today, I already mentioned that. To cloud? Uh, is it on consoles already? It, so, so here's the strange thing is that it, it says cloud and they kept advertising it as cloud, but it did also come to console. So I don't know if it came to console... Like yesterday on the 14th and then, but it's, it's cloud and console. Um, I believe. Okay. And so, uh, Ben 10 power trip coming December 16th, broken age coming December 16th, firewatch coming December 16th. So you're getting a lot of narrative driven stuff. Uh, the gunk, which I am very, very excited for, is coming reviews December sixteenth. Tomorrow, I believe, for yeah. the gunk. So, so day of reviews. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really I've heard excited. Positive. Yeah. Uh, Lake coming December sixteenth, and that's the game. If you remember of the postal yeah. worker, yeah. And I actually streamed a little bit of that during that demos event that they had going on. Mortal Kombat 11 is coming December 16th. Paw Patrol Mighty Pup Save Adventure Bay is coming December 16th. Race with Ryan is coming December 16th, which I cannot let my daughter find out about this. Okay, my- I, I, was, I was having a, this conversation with my coworkers because yeah. uh, this kid has yes. his own Macy's Day balloon parade, and that, yes. that puts him in the same status as Pikachu, yeah. Goku, Snoopy and Santa Claus. Yeah. That's how big this kid is. So she doesn't, she's not as obsessed with them as she was when she was a little bit younger. But yeah, these kids get obsessed with this kid. And this kid's got to be like 15 now. I don't even, like, he's, I don't even know how old he is now. But I, I, listen, we had a very, at one point he was banned in this house. Because, (laughs) yes, because it went from him just opening up and unboxing toys and doing crafts with his mom to being sponsored by the toys he was unboxing and then having his own line of toys. And so they basically turned into commercials. Like it was just commercials. And then I've got my daughter coming up to me saying that she wants this Ryan toy and that Ryan toy and this Ryan toy and that Ryan toy. And it's just like, like, all right, enough's enough. I'm trying, I'm honestly, one of my parenting styles is pretending YouTube doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, good luck for with my that. child. I I, yeah. I know. I, I don't know how long I'll make it, but it's yeah. what I'm trying. I'll tell you what. We we lasted way longer than a lot of people I know. So, uh, but good luck with that. All right, Record of Lotus War, Deadlit, and Wonder Labyrinth is coming December sixteenth. 
Transformers Battlegrounds is coming December 16th. And that's that Transformers RTS or strategy game. I had not realized that this game had released already or that it had released last year. <laughs> and so I don't think that speaks, you know, well about the quality of that. Um, I got to say what's impressive of this is um, I think all of these, uh, maybe even Among Us, uh, I'll double check on the PC Game Pass stuff, uh, mm -hmm. but it's all cloud console and PC. And yep. if this is the trend going forward, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that that's what they want, you know, yeah. and if they can make it work, then that's what they're going to do. Um, and, oh, man, the fact that the cloud stuff is there on the consoles as well, that you can just go ahead and try it right there before you decide to download it is so unbelievable, man. It really is so good. Yeah. They also, um, I, there wasn't, this wasn't part of the last one, but they also added Serious Sam 4 and Town Scraper mm -hmm. as well as uh, more of quiet releases, which is uh, pretty neat. All right. And, and leaving, so leaving Game Pass at the end of this month is Pro Evolution Soccer 2021, The Little Acre, which I enjoyed quite a bit. It's like a three-hour game, easy to get some achievement points in. Yakuza 0, Yakuza Kiwami 1, and Yakuza Kiwami 2. Oh, I thought those games were going to stay up there forever. I actually have to buy them now. Well, listen, if you do buy them, you do save 20% on your purchase. So, oh, man. get it before they leave. I, I waited way too long. and I was like, I got all the time in the world to play these games. Um, damn, okay. I'm going to have to pick those up. Uh, right. Yeah. Did they, any new fun perks? No. Uh, not really. Okay. All right. From Xbox to PlayStation, PS5 faceplates now come in five new colors, and they have some DualSense controllers to match. So Sony will finally let PlayStation 5 owners have something other than a white console officially. Now, there was that one company, D-Brand, that tried to release their own faceplates that Sony sent a cease and desist letter to. They tried instigating it, too. Like, what's wrong with well, you? Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, D-Brand instigated even further and said, hey, check it out. We now have our own non-copyright protected faceplates that have a vent where the fan is as well to give better airflow and is totally different than your product because of the vent. It's very much like a vanilla ice, like, oh, theirs goes ding, 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 ding and ours goes ding, 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 ding. It's totally different. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, so there's Midnight Black, Cosmic Red, Nova Pink, Starlight Blue, and Galactic Purple, and they will go on sale in January, and you can actually pre-order them now directly from Sony and from some retailers. So how many the color customizations, the, the color customizations will cost $54.99, and just remove the white ones and put in the new ones. Now, Sony says simply remove. Let me tell you right now, <laughs> it's not simple. Okay, it honestly kind of feels like you're going to break those things when you're pulling them off. So, uh, also, Sony already sells DualSense controller in Midnight Black and Cosmic Red. It will release three new colorways to match the console co covers. Nova Pink, Starlight Blue, and Galactic Purple. I think that these new colors look awesome. I think that in particular, the, uh, the Starlight Blue and the Galactic Purple are incredible. I'm really, really tempted to get one of those. Have not yet. We'll, we'll see how long my willpower holds out. But I did get a black cover. I did pre-order a black cover because I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but 
in, uh, the the PlayStation Five is hooked up to the projector, so I play on the the big screen because my projector is like a gaming projector of sorts. And I had been looking for an entertainment center that was low to the ground so it could sit under the screen itself and could not find any of quality. They were all like really cheap pieces. So I had some wood left over from the previous homeowners in my detached garage. I made an entertainment center myself and it's, and then painted it black. And so I have the switch down there. I have a couple other things down there. So everything is black except for this PS five that sticks out like a sore thumb in white. And so I grabbed the the black covers to swap those out. What I about you? you? You think about getting any of these? I was thinking about getting the black one, but then I was like, it, it's really not killing me right now in any sort mm -hmm. of way. So I ended up just closing down the site and I was like, I'll be fine. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I had the two controllers. I had the, uh, the red and black controllers. Um, yeah. And they're so nice. I, yeah. So I already have three controllers. So it kind of makes sense for me to get a fourth. <laughs> That's I have the four. logic in my head. Yeah, I have four. I don't have four people to play video games. With. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have more kids, man. You gotta start building up the the co-op players. All right. Uh, Next story: PlayStation acquires its fifth studio this year. PlayStation Studios head Herman Holst announced today, that being December tenth, that Sony Interactive Entertainment has acquired independent developer Valkyrie Entertainment making this the 17th studio and the fifth acquisition this year. Now, Valkyrie Entertainment is a Seattle-based game developer best known for offering co-development services. I feel like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that's kind of been the story for almost all outside of Housemark. For Sony. Uh, for Sony, you know? Or I guess at Bluepoint. Bluepoint, yeah. although they mostly focus on remakes, they're not necessarily a sports studio. But it seems like the other three acquisitions have been more on the, the support studio side. Or maybe it was just the last two is, is really what it is. But uh, I think this makes, I think it makes sense. Obviously, it's not as exciting as a Bethesda. It's not as exciting as a Bluepoint acquisition, you know, with, or a Housemark. But it, I think it makes sense business-wise for Sony to acquire studios like this. I think it doesn't make sense to necessarily make a big deal about an acquisition like this. Like I said, it's not that exciting. And it sometimes feels like with this one and with the Nixon acquisition is that it feels like a, a way of being like, hey, we're acquiring people too, you know? Like regardless of the size of them, we're acquiring people too. So it doesn't make it seem, so they don't seem like they're being complacent with the recent spree over the past few years that Microsoft has, has gone on. And so while it's interesting to see them acquire another studio, it's not exactly the most exciting acquisition, right? Your thoughts? You agree? Disagree? Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I just thought it was interesting <laughs> that this was a studio that helped out with like uh, across both uh, publishers for like, you know, they helped out with Halo Infinite, Forza, God of War. Yeah. It was just like... But, like, you never hear about them. So, oh, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of studios like yeah. that where you just don't hear about them because they just do the code development work. Yeah. Um, all right. Nintendo Switch Indie World Showcase. This was earlier today, actually. I didn't even know this was going on. Somehow I had missed that this was going on and then realized it when I started seeing people tweet about the announcements. Um, 
Yeah, I caught so this like seven minutes late, but uh, I caught, started watching from there. You know, you enter any Nintendo Switch uh, event nowadays with hope that Silk Song, the Hollow Knight sequel, <laughs> will get, uh, you know, some sort of trailer or some news update and because, you know, it's the end of 2021. But at this point, Team Cherry just hates us. They do want to give us coal for Christmas. So Team Cherry proved me wrong. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to go through quickly the list of games that were an- announced and talked about. There is Sea of Stars. There was River City Girls 2. Amori. Cool. Alicia, the Oblivion of Twin Goddesses. Locomotive. After Love EP. Dungeon Munchies. Figment 2 Creed Valley. Let's Play Oink Games. Endling Instinction is Forever. Ali Ali World. Chicory coming to switch and actually released today as we talked about or did we talk about that during pre-show maybe we talked about pre-show, it during pre-show. Yeah. uh and timely and then don't starve together is uh getting a free demo from december 15th december 21st and you can carry over your entire save when you purchase the full game i mean the chicory announcement i think is the one that is the biggest of these announcements it's the one that was the most exciting for me uh, it's I, I don't think, know, man. I, th- I think Dungeon Munchies also released today as well. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, I have to go back. Like I said, I didn't even know this was going on. I kind of just saw the announcements and I caught a couple of the videos. I'm excited for River City Girls too because I really liked that first one. And I think the one thing that first one was missing was online co-op. So I'm hoping they rectify oh, no, that. They, they announced it as local and online co-op. Okay, uh, perfect. Sequel. Yeah. Because yeah. did you play the first one at all? No, I didn't. Isn't it on Game Pass or did it leave Game Pass already? I think it left Game Pass recently. Okay. Actually, like two weeks ago. It it is a very good, you know, uh, Streets of Rage esque side scrolling brawler. But the combo mechanic and the fighting mechanic is is similar to like a DMC where you are actually like you can actually combo and enter in different button presses and That's stuff like cool. that. There is a level of skill to it. Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. My the Switch is such an interesting device. It's one of those things where like these are the exactly the type of games I want to play on the Switch. Like mm-hmm. these indie titles are perfect for the Switch, but also I just wish my Switch was more powerful. And yes. so when I see things like Chicory, I'm like, "Oh, do I want to play on the Switch where I can have it portable and and the art style lends itself to maybe not being on the most powerful platform and they added touch screen controls to it, which seemed like it would make a ton of sense in a game like this." Or do I play on the PS5 because the PS5 is more powerful, right? Like, I yeah. I wish if if we had a more powerful Switch out right now, a 4K Switch, there wouldn't even be a question. I, it would just be I'm playing these on the Switch because I can also take them on the go. And these are perfect for the Switch. And so I think, I don't know. I think I just need to get over it and just enjoy my Switch because I am missing out on experiences because of my frustration yeah, with I, them. I can't find the email right now, um, but they sent out like a year in recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I put 72 hours in my Switch this year, just 72. Uh, yeah, to, put that into pers- to put that into perspective, I already have over four days worth in Halo Infinite. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that includes the uh, multiplayer, but just like, it, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting uh, in yeah. my mind. All right, I will say that uh, this After Love EP seems right up my alley. This is a game that combines a visual novel with a rhythm game, which is two of my favorite 
underrepresented genres. And so, I mean, there are things on here that that I will probably give a shot. But yeah, all right, and that wraps up all of our news for this week. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and look over and see if there's anything going on in the chat. Any questions? Anything you guys want to talk about? There was one, uh, you know, while we wait for that, if anyone's got questions, uh, there's one thing I did catch uh, about Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. Uh, the devs confirm uh, one last free DLC is coming soon. Uh, voice acting is also uh, coming and crossplay for Q1 2022. Uh, they're oh. also working on a bunch of characters and stages yes. as well. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think this is pretty sweet to hear. Uh, oh, cross, crossplay coming is is awesome coming and coming that soon because well it's a game that lives or dies by it's you know how many number of players there are and if you don't have anything crossplay really helps in that yeah situation. i gotta i gotta be careful because who's watching and stuff like that but let's just say there are a lot of people who are going to have this game on a different platform than me in a couple of weeks uh, that i would love to play with and so like i said it being cross-platform is is awesome yeah I, I think all the sound stuff, like voice acting and things like that, uh, really hit home um, because I think it. The game I mean, that really was. Use that. Yeah, no, that that it, the game absolutely needs it. That's the one thing I really like the game. I think it plays really well, but it does feel, especially compared to like a Smash, it does feel a little bit uh, lifeless. And I think it's be. I really do think that that's because of that. I think that's going to make mm -hmm. a huge difference. And yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. Can't wait. All right. Well, doesn't look like anybody has anything they want to talk about this week. Bilal, why don't we go ahead and wrap it up, and you let everybody know where they can follow us. Yeah. Uh, so you guys can follow us over at the Workprint, which you can find at theworkprint.com. We're covering the TV shows, movies, games. Um, uh, over at the website and then you guys can also follow us over on twitter facebook instagram uh, and twitch uh, just look up the work print on any of the social media platforms and you'll be able to find our account then uh, you guys can follow me uh if you're interested on twitter at Bilal underscore mian b-i-l-a-l underscore m-i-a-n and over on twitch at night mystic rob how about you yeah, you can follow me on pretty much every social media and game platform at SunnyVice20. That's S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast, for hanging out in the chat during the live stream. And, you know, besides giving us a follow and maybe a subscription, the best way to help us out is to tell your friends about it and, and help us build this community. Uh, I, me and Bilal say it all the time, but the most fun we have doing this podcast is usually the pre-show when we get to hang out with you guys and, and talk to you guys about stuff. So the bigger the community, the better, as long as we, you know, maintain it. <laughs> um, no, it's always good, a good showing. Um, you know, just some fun stuff planned. I got nephew and nieces coming in town, and they're like, actually, teenagers now. So I might actually do some fun streams over uh, the next week or two with them. See if I can get them uh, in for some madness and stream that out. 
uh, they have all have fun little personalities. So I'm curious on uh, what that turns into. Uh, yeah. And I think we also have Among Us and Jackbox um, that we that I, I want to do a community stream for. So depending yep. on how uh, things go, uh, you know, we'll uh, share information on probably like our Twitter uh, and Instagram account. Yeah, I kind of like to do a night where we kind of bounce between, say, Among Us, maybe Fortnite Imposters, and then and then maybe some Jackbox and something like that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where we just block out, you know, three or four or five hours, however long we, we want to get in there. And yeah, we just go from game to game to game and we get community members in there playing with us and stuff like that. Um, and I'd like to do more of that kind of stuff with, with the community and actually have you guys be a part of this channel. Because that's the hope, you know, is that this isn't just us, below and I, it's us, you know, the WorkPrint community. And so, yeah. yeah. And I think <laughs> next week is the week that Christian promised he'll join us for. So yeah. I will follow up with him after this and be like, hey, see your one week heads up. Uh, and then you can finally hash out your beef with him. Yeah. Uh, also, we need to start figuring out and talking about when we're going to do our Game of the Year podcast whether we want to do it right before the end of the year or that first week of the year. But that will be coming soon, so something to look forward to. Uh, All right, and that wraps up this week's podcast. Bilal, once again, thank you so much for being here. And until next time, bye-bye.